You're listening to audio from Grove Park Baptist Church. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.groveparkchurch.net. I found steps to be somewhat challenging recently. If you attend First Baptist Church Graham, you understand why I say that. I was a little concerned about those because not too many, very many weeks ago, I was coming down our steps to uh, participate in the hymn of commitment and the invitation, you know, all those things. And I did real well in the first three. And I sort of forgot there was a fourth one. And I tried to go from number two to zero and skip number one, and it didn't work out real well for me. And there's nothing worse than being in a nice, a decent suit, you know, with all your stuff in your hand, and then all of a sudden, you know, when you're at my age, it happens pretty quickly, you're, you're flat out on the floor, spread out everywhere. Um, so it, I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little careful with these steps. Uh, thank you, Mark, so much. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you to the people of Grove Park Baptist Church for calling and asking us to be a part of this great occasion. I think what an excellent idea, what an awesome thought. We live in a county, we live in a town, we live in a city, and I'm including Graham in this, that needs this, needs this renewal, needs this refocus, needs this, and you know, whether we call it revival or not, it doesn't really matter. But this renewing of our hearts and renewing of our spirits to focus on who Jesus is because I'm afraid we've kind of lost sight in some ways. And I hate to tell you this, but it's happening even in the church. We've kind of losing sight sometimes of who Jesus is and who Jesus should be and who we should be as Christians and as individuals in this community, whether you be in Burlington, whether you be in Graham, in our respective communities, reaching out and living our lives in such a way that people see Jesus. Isn't that the point? Yeah, isn't that the point? That people see Jesus, that people come to know who Jesus is in their lives, that people find Jesus in their hearts. That's the point of what we're doing. Yes, we want to meet needs. Yes, we want to provide for people. Yes, we want to worship God. All those great things. But in the midst of all that, we need people to come to know who Jesus is. We live in a county that is ripe for the harvest. Without a doubt. Ripe for the harvest. We've just got to do our job. We've just got to get out there. We've just got to be the people we know Jesus wants us to be. We've got to be Jesus in this community. In everything we say and everything we do, whether, I don't care whether you work or you're retired or you go to school, there's, there's all kinds of opportunities. And I'm just so thankful that this church is doing something like this, be it during the month of August on Sunday nights, what a, what a great concept, what a great thing to do, to have the opportunity to come together, hear different speakers, hear different perspectives, and talk about Jesus, and talk about renewal, and talk about raising up, and talk about strengthening, and talking about being the church, and being the community. So thank you. What a blessing. This is an honor for me, and a blessing for me, to be able to be here and be a part of this time. And I have to thank all of those little First Baptist Church choir people that are spread out out here and the Reverend Shannon Hall, the other, another pastor there at First Baptist, 
for their willingness to, to give of their time and their talent. They're, they're such a wonderful group of people uh, in that choir and in that church, and I'm just so proud of them and so thankful that God has blessed me to be a part of such a special congregation and such a, such a special group of people. Tonight, I want to talk to you for just a moment from the book of Exodus, and if you have a Bible and if you want to turn with me, you're more than welcome to turn there and follow along with me. From the book of Exodus chapter 33, this evening I want to talk to you about God's glory. I want to talk to you about experiencing God's glory, and I want to talk to you about sharing the glory of God with others in the, what I was just speaking about, in the way we live, in the way we work, in the things we do, in the ways that we uh, communicate with each other. We're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 33, this story, and it's a tremendously familiar story to you. You've heard the story preached on probably at least a hundred times. You've heard Bible studies and Sunday school lessons about it at least a hundred times. We sang about it back here a couple of times. The story of God taking Moses and laying him in a cleft to the rock and covering him with his hand so that his glory, his glory could pass by. God recognizing that he could not allow Moses to see his, the fullness of his glory because Moses is sinful. I mean, Moses is sinful and sin can't be in the presence of God. And they all know that. So God covers Moses with his hand so that his glory can pass by and Moses maybe catch a glimpse of the back of God. And I've often wondered, wonder what that looked like. You know, we have this image in our minds of the, the human image of God as a human being walking along past us and we're seeing the outline of a human being. But I wonder what it was that Moses really saw when he saw God passing by after God removed his hand. It's an amazing thing to think about. Now I could have, I named this sermon just, just to give it a name so you could put something in the bulletin and there was a, a lot of other names I could have named this sermon that, that probably were names that, that I would have probably put in my own bulletin on Sunday morning because I've been there a year now. They just did my review and I passed that and they're not going to fire me right now. So I'm not going to worry about it right now. The name of the sermon that I entitled the sermon, My Eyes Have Seen the Glory. But I didn't want to scare you off by putting other names that, that kind of were in my mind, like OMG, I've glimpsed his glory. That would have been a good one probably. Or, or Glory Be, I think I just saw between God's fingers. Something like that, where we see his glory through his fingers. I could have named it a lot of different things. But when we're talking about about God's glory and Moses' desire. Moses' desire to see it. Moses' earnest longing to, to understand and to see that glory of God and have God reveal that glory in his life and him understand and see the glory of God and to recognize the holiness of God. I'm concerned with every church, with all churches, that maybe we've lost sight of that a little bit. You know, we come into church, and I loved what y'all just did, this, this uh, gathering and saying, hey. I came out and said, hey. Because I like to say, hey. I like to visit. I like to talk to people. I like to get to know people. And that's a wonderful thing. And we get together, and we share, and we talk, and we, we talk about our lives, and we laugh, and we do all those things. We do the same things at First Baptist. We love to do those things. But there comes a point and comes a time 
when we come into a, a magnificent place like this, when we come into the sanctuary, there comes a point in time when we have to say, we're on holy ground. This is a special place. We're worshiping the Creator of heaven and earth in this place. His glory is here. His holiness is here. Everything about who He is, it's in this place. When Moses, in earlier in the book of Exodus, went to the burning bush, remember? And he was walking up to the burning bush. What did God say to Moses? Moses, take off your sandals. You're walking on holy ground. I think as we come into worship, we need to have that attitude. And I think Moses learned that attitude from God. That there's a holiness about God. There's a glory about God. There's an there's a expected reverence to God that sometimes, you know, and I'm guilty as anybody, we tend to walk to God and slap God on the back and say, hey God, how you doing? But there's something about God that demands us to show Him respect and holiness, especially in a place like this. Especially in a place where He reveals His glory. Especially in a place where, where we long to worship Him. Instead of coming to Him in this flippant, nonchalant sort of way, we need to come to God respecting that He's the Creator of all things. And He loves you with a love you don't even understand. And I don't even understand. He's always there with us in our lives. This glory of God can be revealed to you and me. This glory of God through His holiness, if we respect that holiness, this glory of God can be revealed to us in our lives. We can experience it. And what's even just as good is that if we do experience it, then we can go out here, out there, in that place I was just talking about that really needs to hear about Jesus, we can go out there and we can help them to experience it. To experience that holiness and that glory by the way that we live our lives. Most of you don't know me from, from Billy Bob's house cat. You don't know me at all. Um, but I'm kind of a, uh, a movie buff. I like movies. I like to watch movies. And probably sometimes half of our day, Shannon and I, is spent reeling off movie lines. Where I'll throw a movie line out there and she'll tell me what movie it comes from. And she'll reel off a movie line and I'll tell her a movie it comes from. Now these newfangled movies, you've been to the movies lately? These newfangled movies, these, these, these superhero movies, these, these Captain America movies, these Spider-Man movies, these Transformer movies, I don't get them. I'm sorry, I just don't get them. I don't like them. What's the great thing about them is whenever I am coerced at the beach or somewhere, I'm coerced to have to go to see one of those movies, the first thing that pops in my mind is, yeah, a two-hour nap. Yeah. And you know, if you've been to the movie theater lately, have you been to the Alamance Carousel or whatever they call that cinema lately? You know what they got? They got lazy boy recliners. You can go in there and you can sit in a recliner that's better than anything I've got at my house. You can sit there and it's even got 
cup holders, cup holders, and holders for your beverage and, and food. I mean, so you can, you can have your tasty beverage over here. You can have your food over here. You can run back, and that is some good sleeping. That is some great sleeping through those, those Captain America, whatever those things are. I don't, I don't get them. I love movies, but you got to back up a couple decades for me. I love the movies that were back in the 90s, maybe the, the 80s, maybe even back in the early 80s. You know, movies like, you ever heard of that movie, uh, uh, Tom Hanks movie, A Forrest Gump? Ever heard of that one? Anybody heard of it? Yeah, maybe Twister, Shawshank Redemption. And if it's Christmas time, and I hope I don't lose my man card for saying this, love actually Amen. I got an amen. We can go now. Love that movie. Love that movie. Or, or uh, It's a Wonderful Life. What a great movie. Awesome, awesome movie. I love, and you know, you can watch those movies at any time of the day or night. Just turn on your TV. I see, I see Twister on 14 times a week on, on Spectrum. It's, it's on just about all the time. I love those movies, but one movie in particular that Literally, if a movie can do this, literally changed my thinking about God's glory. Was a movie back in the early 80s. Um, I think it was 81, 82. It's a movie about running. It's this movie called Chariots of Fire. Remember that one? We love the music. If you don't remember anything else, you probably remember the music. The Chariots of Fire. And every time I hear that and I'm watching TV and I'm sitting in my, my room, I want to jump up and run to the refrigerator. It just makes you want to run. Love that movie. The movie is about this man who was running in the Olympics. His name was Eric Little. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Eric Little. And he was running in the Olympics. But he stood for his beliefs. He stood strong on what he knew was right. And he sought to glorify God in everything he did. I saw that movie for the first time, and I was, a, I was in some sort of group in church one time the first time I saw it. I saw that movie for the first time, and I thought, yes, that's what these scriptures are trying to tell us. We need to understand God's glory, and we need to share God's glory, and we need to do that by living God's glory. By living our lives in a way that that is everything, that that is who we are, that we are here to glorify God, and that our goal every day should be to glorify God with everything you do, everything you say, all your actions, all your responses, what jokes you tell, what jokes you listen to, the ways you react to everything. All of it should be, is this going to glorify the Father? You know, kids used to wear, and people may still wear them, the little wristband that says WWJD. What would Jesus do? I think maybe we need some of those. Is this going to glorify God? It's a good question to ask yourself. Is this action, this thing that I'm doing, this way I'm acting, is it going to glorify God the Father? Because if it's not, you probably don't need to be doing it. If it's, if it's not, it's probably something you probably want to avoid and, and maybe not do. But I've learned over the, um, the last few years, the best way to glorify God is to experience it. The best way to glorify God is to be able to experience that glory in your life every day. 
And that's what we're going to see right here in Exodus chapter 33, beginning with verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people. He's talking to God. You've been telling me, lead these people. But you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Moses is saying, God, you know, you're the one who called me to do this. Do you remember the story? God came to Moses. Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, out of their, out of their slavery. Now Moses needs some, some assurances from God that God's going to stay with him because guess what? The Israelites have really messed things up. The Israelites have stumbled a lot. They made this big old calf made out of gold. They've stumbled and they've done some, some things that they shouldn't have done and it's sort of changed the relationship between the Israelites and God because they've done that. So Moses is leading these people, but he's not real comfortable about how close God is. He wants to know that he's going to be present. He wants to know that God's not just going to send him off on his way. And Moses is, is talking pretty straight up with God here, saying, you know, th these are your people, God. You're the one responsible for all this. You're the one who got me into this. The least you can do is give me some help. The least that you can do is, is go and walk with me. Verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. God pretty much gives Moses what he wants, doesn't he? Moses, I'm there. Don't worry. I'm with you. Relax. Everything's going to be okay. Is that satisfying? <laughs> no, not even a little bit. Verse 15, then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, now God just said it would. This is Moses. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that we, how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? God says, look, Moses, you win. You win. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you have your way. You get what you want. It's no problem. I'm going to let you have and know that I am there. But Moses pushes his luck and pushes his luck and pushes his luck and says, no, God, how do I know for sure? How can I be sure that you're going to be with me? How can I be sure that you're going to be there? God, God, show me. Show me. Show me your glory. Verse 18. Or verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, show me your glory. Verse 19, and the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. 
Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back. But my face must not be seen. God allowed Moses to get the assurance that he's there. Boy, aren't we like Moses? You need to be doing this. Yes. Aren't we like Moses? Yes. We are just like Moses. God says, yes, I'm going to be there. Yes, I'm going to be there. Yes, I'm going to be there. But God, you know, if you're not there, what am I? No, I'm going to be there. I'm always going to be with you. I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. I'm, I'm always going to be there. I'm always going to be close by. And God says, okay, Moses, I'm going to let you see that I'm with you. I'm going to prove it. I'm going to walk by and let you see a glimpse at least. Let you see my glory. You know what? I wish I could be like Moses. I wish I could long for it the way he does. I wish I could long for understanding that glory of God the way Moses longed for it and wanted it so badly. I mean, what else can there possibly be in life except for God's presence? If we knew, if God walked right in here and showed himself to us, wouldn't that be pretty cool? Wouldn't that be great? We could sing, really sing. But the thing about it is, we do sing. You do sing. You see him every day. He shows us his glory all the time. He shows us his glory every day in the things that he does. I believe that we can experience it. I believe we can see it. We can see it in this place. We can see it out there. We can see it at work. We can see it at school. We can see it at home. We can see his glory working. You and I can experience that glory and then we can take that glory and reveal it to those around us in this world. You know, I just, I just realized this really in a, in a close-up personal way just a couple of weeks ago. Because it was a couple of weeks ago, I was at, um, at Duke University, Duke Medical Center. And I was visiting with a lady who is, a, uh, is connected to my church, visiting with her there. And I came down out of visiting with her. And I walked by the, um, if you've ever been at Duke, you know what I'm talking about, the, the big waiting area where there's little bays of, of where people can wait while their loved ones are having surgery. I was walking by there in the hallway there, just, just watching, and I noticed that there was one family in particular over there that was obviously distraught, obviously upset. They were holding each other. They were crying. They had just come out. I saw them come out of the little room where they meet with the doctor, and they were just coming out. And I, I didn't really know what was going on. I found out a little later that they had a loved one who was in surgery who died in surgery. And they were there and they were just, they were just so brokenhearted, just so destroyed. And what was amazing was as I was watching this, and I didn't really know, I wanted to help, but you know, you're, you don't want to infringe yourself upon someone else's situation too much. So I was watching. And what was amazing was the other little groups of families saw it too. And one by one, three or four members of each family started walking toward them. And they came up toward them, and they didn't get right up at them, but they came up around them. And then no one was saying a word, Nothing was being said to each other. But all these people started gathering around them. 
And they made this circle. They circled them, all of them. And they just held hands and all bowed their heads. And they were praying for this family whose hearts were broken. They were praying for them. And I thought, wow, there's God's glory. There's God's glory being revealed. People who don't know those people from anybody coming and coming around them, building a hedge around them, encircling them and loving them and praying for them and lifting them up to God. There is God's glory being revealed to us right before my eyes and I got to go in there and I even held hands with them a little bit and, and it's just a great witness to me that you can see God's glory and we can see God's glory revealed around us every single day if we pay attention. The scriptures say that, that Moses' face, you know, when he came down off that mountain, it said his face shone of God's glory. Well, I got a feeling when I walked out of Duke Medical Center that day, my face shone a little bit because it was an amazing experience to see God's glory in that way. God's glory is found in His love. God's glory is found in His grace. God's glory is found in His forgiveness. God's glory is found in His goodness. God's glory is found anywhere the work of Christ is being done in this world. That's where we find God's glory. And that's where we take God's glory and use it. John chapter 1, verse 14, it says... The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. God's glory is revealed in who? Jesus. You want to see God's glory? Seek Jesus. You want to know God's glory? Understand what Jesus did. Be as Jesus in this world. You talk about renewal. You talk about revival. You talk about raising up. Imagine a church. Imagine a couple of churches that truly seek Jesus in that way to recognize that that is God's glory revealed to us. That is the incarnate glory of God in this world revealed to us. Imagine the renewal if we all take hold of that and make Jesus that much a part of our lives. Paul said, I was a prisoner in chains for Jesus. That means Jesus was so much a part of who he was. He could be nothing else but like Jesus. And that's how I want to be. That's how you should want to be. That's how we should all want to be. To be so much like Jesus that God's glory is revealed through us every day in every way that we live our lives and everything we do in our lives. God's glory is revealed through us. That's how we reach Alamance County. That's how we reach Burlington. That's how we reach Graham. We don't reach them necessarily by standing on a street corner throwing this book at them. That's probably not going to work. We're going to reach them one person at a time one day at a time, in every action you do, remembering, is this act that I'm doing going to glorify God? Is this going to glorify the Father? And if we do that, one at a time, maybe people find Jesus. Maybe people begin to understand the power of Jesus in our lives and accept Jesus into their lives. Isn't that what this is all about? People finding Jesus Every day, in Christ, we see His glory. 
every day of our lives. Notice it. Pay attention. Seek Him. Seek to find that glory and live out that glory in your own life every single day. Find Christ every day in your life. And then we can say to God in this wonderful place, to God be the glory. Let's have a prayer together. Father, it's my prayer this evening as we come together into this place, as we come to this time, it's my prayer, God, that you will help us to look into our hearts, to look into our lives, to look into the ways that we, we do things in our lives, to look at every aspect of our lives, recognizing, have I noticed your holiness lately? Have I noticed your glory in my life lately? Have I noticed your glory being revealed from me in my life lately? God, we seek you as Moses did. We seek your presence as Moses did. We seek Christ. Help us, God, to give ourselves to you in a more real and personal way. Help us to realize that the future of this community rests on what we do in the church. That the power of what we do in the church will reach people in this community for Jesus. Is there anything else? Is there anything else that really matters? God, speak to us through your Holy Spirit this evening. May we sense your glory in this place through your Holy Spirit. May we live out your glory every day in our lives. May you bless us. We thank you, Father, as you did for Moses. You reveal yourself to us. We pray these things.